Yo, 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 pattern break. Yo, 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 pattern break, pattern break. Pay attention. Pattern break. This episode will change your life. Life, life, life. We're talking about big ideas that have to do with the moon. Moon, moon, moon. We're talking about control over your life. Life, life, Brutal honesty. Brutal honesty. Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson. Habits. Um, Habits. Books. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett quotes, man. Book club. Oh, you don't, you even, don't even You'll know. find out more about that one later. But this is a lit conversation. Hop on in. Cozy up. Uh, put this in your whip. And let's hop in. We, after following this recap, we're going to have a, uh, a song, but we don't have that song yet. So it's just going to go right into we'll it. Just, we'll, we'll make an episode where we'll make the song in the episode. Yeah. So you guys can kind of get in on that process. All right, well, let's dive in. Enjoy the episode. Enjoy. Um. Yo, Wasabi Doggy. Yo, what up? Yo, we need to do the music episode where we make the theme song for this podcast. I know. Because right now we're just diving, diving in. right into it. Going, jumping right in. I had this idea I was thinking about the other day. I mean, hold on, let me adjust the stand. I need you to tell me how crazy it sounds. This is like one of those like... Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk type ideas. So it's not going to be possible to make happen uh-huh. in at least 20, 30 years. And what I was thinking about is Earth's population is going up. We got, how many, 7.4 billion? We're, no, I mean, I think we're getting closer to 8. Ooh. So it's going up. It's like at an exponential rate. And so I don't like... How long is all that sustainable to stay What on? is the world's population? Hey. As of 2018, the population of world was 7,655,957,369. I guess 7.4. All right. But that was 2018, so, so who there's knows? a chance. How many people be. in two years, my guy? Yeah, I don't know. So it's like, why? what I've been thinking about is why haven't we tried to like inhabit the moon more, you know, I know Elon's trying to go for Mars. Jeff Bezos talks about the moon, yeah. going to the moon, but I'm like, the moon seems like our closest and our best bet. The problem of course is like the atmosphere. You can't breathe. There's no oxygen, whatever, all those issues, gravity, what it's a little bit of a different place, but there are gotta be some sort of solutions. You see how loose this microphone yeah, is? How do I tighten it? Spin it Righty tighty. Oh, there we go. Sorry for the technical difficulties. So it's like, how can we get to mo- to the moon? And I was thinking, like, my first thought is, like, imagine a grape. Like, that's the moon. Mm-hmm. And then a ping pong ball. And you cut the ping pong ball in half. And you put the ping pong ball around the grape. So that you can control what's inside the ping pong ball. Like, by putting a layer on top of it, you can then, within that, control the weather, the lighting, so that you can do crops, plants, and then start uh, farming and like get that process going. It takes a lot of time, but then like of course you can't just like take two halves of a ping pong ball, and you know those yeah. would be massive yeah. to be able to cover the moon. So I was like thinking of other ways. Like what if imagine like uh, the moon is a grape, but it's like has a bunch of uh, like light posts. Imagine coming up. Mm-hmm. all over the surface like you put up those giant stands and then connect over the top like connect like squares one over the top and then like kind of panel all the way around the moon 
So it's constructed of panels. And you could even put solar panels on the top of it so that it's getting energy from the sun, but then it's converting that solar energy into the power to power the lights, to power all the operations inside of it is based off of sun energy, which means it would be free, except for the, you know, getting all the stuff up there. So, um, however, again, it's like you would need so many panels to yeah. get up to space. Like the, when I was talking about this with Ashley, she was like, well, how do you get water up there? And it's like, because you got to get a lot of water from Earth to the moon. So that, that's a struggle is getting water up there. But um, I was also thinking, like, what if instead of them being, like, solid panels, it was a material that you could roll up so that you could fit more of them in a smaller space? So that way, you would still need a couple trips up there to get a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it would be rolled up in a way where you could fit way more in one trip than if you had these sheets of, like, metal panels that you had to take up there. right. So, I mean, that would cost billions and billions and billions of dollars, you know, but I'm just throwing that idea out there for anyone to catch it. Just kind of, if you're going to do it, hit me up and at least let me be part of it. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. There's a lot of questions there. But, I mean, another thing I think about is, like, creating tunnels on the moon. Mm-hmm. Like, go, like, digging down under and then just hollowing out a giant area and then blocking off the entrances to those tunnels so that you are uh, protecting from the outside of the moon. So you're technically, you'd be inside of the moon. So how would you get out? Uh, through just tunnels. Okay. Just a bunch of tunnels. Which there are a lot of conspiracies of that happen on right beneath us here. I mean, so when I went to D.C. last year, was it last year or two years ago? Last year. Okay, it's crazy. I mean, COVID has been messing with my time perception. I can't believe that we've been... In this first six, seven months? Yeah, like half a year. That's crazy. So, but when we were in D.C., uh, Gabe, my brother, was out there working with NASA at the Goddard Center. I think it was Goddard. And a guy in his ward that he was going to church with is, like, an assistant for, like, big congressmen or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Gabe was able to pull some strings and say, okay, I'll give your son a tour of NASA if you give my family a tour of, uh, like, the White House. And so he's like, all right. So when we go out there, we, like, all met up with them. And they have this, like, trolley system underneath D.C. for transporting government officials, congressmen, presidents, whatever. And so we got to ride on it and go under, and it takes you right to the White House, and you come up through the basement, and you come up around. It takes you to, like, all the different buildings. And, yeah. and it's crazy. You wouldn't even know that that's there pretty crazy yeah that's wild but um to change the subject a little bit out of uh, moon mode i've been listening to russell brunson's podcast pretty lit Mm -hmm. i it's i never really like took homie so seriously because his content was like i think it was trying to prove a point at how it doesn't need to be high quality and so it was always like looked like it was filmed on an Android phone. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. how can I take this dude seriously if he can't take himself seriously? Mm-hmm. But as I learned more about funnels, click funnels, yeah. and like how it actually works, mm-hmm. like, explain. It, like, it's not about him; it's about how that that works really well. Yeah. Just explain real quick, like, because I'm sure a lot of people don't know who he is. Russell Brunson. He's yeah. the author of a book called Click Funnel Secrets uh, or something. Dot com secrets. Oh, dot com secrets, yeah. and then he's also the founder of. 
a software company called ClickFunnels. And essentially, it's like, if you think of like a cone going down into your business, your business is like at the bottom of the cone. A funnel is to catch and then narrow down and then get those people into your business uh-huh. to kind of like visualize it. Yeah, it's kind of like on the internet, there's millions of people and in like the marketing community that, that or the digital marketing community that's called traffic uh-huh. and like when you put out like a landing page or like a video or a piece of content people see that piece of content and they usually have like a link that goes to what's called a landing page because the traffic lands on that page yeah. and then you kind of capture them and then you're able to through like sales copy structure your landing page a specific way structure it because you want to have like whoever lands on that uh page you want them to you go you want to get them from point a to point b and whether that's like downloading a a free book or signing up for a webinar Mm -hmm. or just simply giving them your email because it's all part of the larger scheme Mm -hmm. of uh getting them to convert yeah so, I mean, and we've kind of, we've been learning about that stuff through like different mentors that we have and like trying it out for ourselves, but we haven't really gone 100% with it on our own brands, like dialed it in because mm-hmm. we've always been focusing on different aspects of it, but it only works if you have all of it. If you don't have the landing page, what the Facebook ad, what's, what are you yeah. driving traffic yeah. to? If you don't have the Facebook ad, how are you getting traffic to the landing page? Mm-hmm. They're and all so essential. We, we've done like one piece at a time but we haven't really just like nailed all of it. And so, um, yeah, I've been listening to his podcast a little bit and they're really short, like 10 to 30 minutes. Mm. Um, and I didn't go, I went to the very beginning, like of the ones just on the podcast app and, um, the audio, the audio was kind of low quality. So I was like, I'm gonna start from the most recent ones instead of the oldest ones. Cause he also has like, I don't know, over a thousand or something. He has a, a ton of them. And, um, it's just really, I honestly didn't know you had a podcast. Yeah, I didn't either, but I was just like, I need to find a good marketing podcast so that I can learn more on a regular basis about it. Like, And it's like little things that once you get it, once it clicks, you can run with those like concepts and ideas for a long time to really help your business. Mm-hmm. Like, One of the ideas that you and I have been talking about a bit, but that they also talk about in the podcast, is the idea of a pattern break. Being kind of like a foundational idea that you need to do for a good advertisement is off the bat it needs to break the pattern of what someone's used to seeing Mm -hmm. and it will stand out to them Mm -hmm. because if you're not getting that person to be interested within three seconds they're gonna skip your ad and watch their video or they're gonna um, tune out or as soon as they can get out of it they're getting out of it and so um, that concept of a pattern break is just super important a lot of people just are just like like you think of like Instagram stories where some guys like stop stop stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But another thing is that um, where I have some notes that I was just like taking down because I was like, this I don't want this just to fly by. There's a, so much stuff that they're talking about, yeah. like trying to provide value. Mm-hmm. Okay, so ad fatigue. Mm-hmm. If you put an advertisement out there, other people are gonna see it, and if you're like something that they were talking about that I haven't experienced yet because I haven't run big ads like that. But um, other people will start copying what you're doing and it will your ad will stop converting as well because people like the ad has um, lost its sauce. 
And so ad fatigue is like why you can't just make one Facebook ad and use it for a whole year because after a month, people are like, I'm sick of seeing this. Yeah. Whereas if you've got, you know, an ad a week or in a lot of cases, like literally he's talking about like you need two ads a day different. I mean, that's a lot. But like the more original content that you're putting into it, the more that you're going to keep. It's like about retargeting. Yeah. You don't want to because you can keep hitting them and convincing them with different points based on different ads and um dude it it's uh it literally i'm excited to get into that once we start growing our business more yeah because it's literally like you can get so specific with like retargeting like so for mm -hmm. example let's say on our site we have like a, a temple mill t-shirt yeah or like a create more hat or yeah. something and someone gets on oh they see an ad for our store to begin with and then they get on they look at the shirt they look at the hat they're like i want to i want to get that mm -hmm. but then their mom calls them to dinner they forget about it whatever they exit out yeah we we through facebook you actually have data on the people that have left your store yeah like you have data about the people that have had items in your in their cart from your store but then didn't fulfill in it yeah. and so what you can do is then uh, create an audience from those people mm -hmm. and then start running ads uh, towards those people yeah. that are completely different. So, and you like, you're targeting like the types of sales points that those people are going to want to be hearing to fulfill in the order may mm -hmm. be different than someone over here in the funnel. Yeah. And so you're able to really get specific mm -hmm. with like those things or like when you have a bigger business like Nike like think of all the different compartments of their business. They yeah. can't just be running like uh, Nike, just do it. You know, they can't just be running that like yeah. all the time. They have uh -huh. to be like, uh, like running for women, uh, running for men, like, yeah. uh, like hiking shoes, a mm -hmm. basketball ad, like every certain, like every specific department of your business, like every niche of your business yeah. category should ultimately have like an ad targeting those specific people. Uh -huh. And you should be getting creative and like just expressing yourself yeah. in the ads. Mm -hmm. Like if you're being super fake and just whatever, people are going to smell that right away versus if you're being authentic and like trying to actually convey a message, it's going to work. Just like put that intention into yeah. it before going into it. I like the, I feel like there's like marketers out there that have like a, a gasoline approach mm -hmm. versus a like a coal approach yeah like so it's like for example when they like come on uh, instagram and they're just like i kissed your girlfriend <laughs> just kidding uh yeah. here's a here's a product you know it's like uh yeah it's like it works you know it gets their attention uh -huh. but it's like the equivalent of throwing gasoline on it it's like like a lot of like you get a lot of attention real quick but then it's like not gonna last because people yeah. are kind of like upset and you can only do that trick so many times before people just see you as the guy that does that yeah but like a like a coal approach like a slow burning one i see as like the nike commercials or like mm -hmm. like a like car commercials are really good at this like ford like a ford f-150 ad subaru commercials yeah subaru like those things they make you like feel what the car feels like yeah. and you're like pumped for it you never really get tired of them uh-huh and um i like that approach where it's like yeah. super bowl ads not yeah. just like buy my stuff <laughs> yeah selling your soul real quick i've also been thinking more about like 
like something that they were talking about was how important email lists are for them. Like they'll post a, I mean, just like with the Facebook ads, some people will do an email once a week. Once some will do, uh, you know, twice a week. He recommends, I think he said five to seven a week. So that's almost one a day. And then there's people that are doing multiple, like seven emails a day, which is just like drowning your inbox. And his perspective on it is like more the merrier. I don't necessarily agree. Yeah. Because when I think of the coal versus the gasoline, if I want to like, if I want Temple Mill to be a brand like golf, am I getting seven emails from golf, flooding my inbox, ruining my email? No, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get, you know, maybe a couple a week. Yeah. And so, um, and it's kind of just like common sense. Like if you're like a lot of like gaining customers is related to relationships uh-huh. because at the end of the day, it's like social stuff yeah. and a relationship is a very heightened version of like any social relationship. Yeah. Like, if you're, like, let's say, like, you're on Tinder or something and you match with someone, like, if you just immediately, like, right out of the gate go to the chat box and you're like, um, will you marry me? Yeah. Like come over, come over. Yeah, it's like, come over right now. It's so needy. Uh-huh. And, like, so you want to work your way up, you know? Like, hi, how are you? All this stuff. If Same with your customers. If you're, like... Uh, like right when they join your email list, you send them a link to buy something. Yeah. And you're just like, buy this, or like you uh-huh. just throw them your Venmo handle or something. Yeah. Like you gotta really work your way up. And I feel like sending tons of emails a day is kind of the equivalent of being too needy. Yeah. Being desperate. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you're taking all of your time putting out like that takes that's a lot of work to make yeah. that many emails so you better have that outsourced or have yeah. someone else doing yeah. it if you're gonna do that because otherwise that like, going. are you passionate about sending emails yeah. like that yeah i mean if you are my guy do it mm-hmm. but and those are probably gonna be some lit emails <laughs> right right but um another topic he was talking about was how the more polar you are the more people gravitate towards you whereas um like I guess I, I mean, I don't know if necessarily controversial is the word, but I think that comes with like being yourself and not caring what someone else thinks, like sticking to what you believe and sticking Mm -hmm. to yourself because no matter what, when you throw yourself out there, there are going to be haters no matter what. Yeah. And you have to learn how to block them out and not listen to them and keep going. But, um, it was, that was an interesting idea that, Russell was talking about of because I've never really thought about um, how that works, but it definitely does. Like when I think of like Tyler the Creator, for example, as a fan of him growing up, he would do some extremely controversial uh, shit, whether it be like lyrics in a song or a music video or whatever. I mean, his brand is built off of controversy, eating a roach, and like kind of being this like rebellious kid from LA that just like will be himself all the time, mm-hmm. and. Whenever, you know, Pitchfork would talk shit about him or people would, like, hate on him, me as a fan, my, I, I started to like him more and more because I was, like, disagreeing with what they were saying. I'm, like, you're not listening to the lyrics. You don't know what he's talking about. His music is his art. He's playing characters. And when, like, people are, like, people in public, like, let's say at your school are, like, talking shit on Tyler, mm-hmm. you're 
like you feel like the need to defend him more yeah which kind of like uh, over time it kind of like, like builds your like if you're defending him it means you you like you, him yeah, you, you know it's like him. you care about him you know it turns you more into a raving fan. yeah and so i'm like oh that's interesting because me i i grew up mormon and like which meant no swearing, no coffee, no alcohol, no nothing, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I'm at a totally different place in my life where I feel spiritual, but not through Mormonism, through my own ways. And I feel like I can be myself more often. I can say what I want to say. If I want to have some coffee, whatever, I can do whatever I want because I believe in freedom and free agency. And um, it's scary making that leap because I know like, I mean, I lost relationships with almost all my friends growing up that are all still Mormon, that didn't leave it. And it feels sometimes like like that feeling was very alone at first until I met you, Brian Ragone, Brian Donovan, moving out to the East Coast where I found a whole new tribe that loved me for who I was and not because of religion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't really fully step out of Mormonism until like a couple years after moving out to the East Coast, because when I moved out there, I was still trying to go to church. Mm -hmm. I'd put on my church clothes and I would walk like a couple miles to the closest church and go in there. And um, when you're in the the bubble in Utah or whatever, and that's all that's around you, it makes you feel isolated and alone. But as soon as you get out of Utah, it's a complete flip of the coin. So... um, I don't know. It feels somewhat controversial as a word whenever I swear on an Instagram post or whatever. Yeah. But I can't be afraid of that because what's more important is being myself and attracting people that are going to love me and care about me no matter what. They don't care if I wear a pink shirt mm-hmm. or if I dye my hair or if I um, you know, make a podcast that's like two hours of crying about problems or two hours of smoking a joint and just like kicking back with homies or whatever I'm doing like we all are living our own lives and have the ability to do what we want to do and we should respect each other for that Mm -hmm. I feel like Tyler was like a uh, like a role model like in a way like 100% like he was my number one role model I mean that un. He might still be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's I mean, because like, there's so many, but like he's influential. I I don't know if like I mean of course role model, but I don't know if role model was the word I was looking for. It uh-huh. was almost like he was a catalyst for mm-hmm. you to like branch out, break out of my yeah, show. break out like kind of like a, even though you didn't know him, it was like a, if he can do that, I can do it type of thing. And like honestly, leaving Mormonism has felt like coming out. It's felt like a coming out story mm-hmm. of like accepting how I've been changing and letting people know that I'm on my own path, doing my own thing. And it's like, it's totally felt like that, especially like conversations with friends and family members. It's like a little weird, mm-hmm. but like core value is be yourself for me. And I want to run with that forever. I don't ever want to try and be something that I'm not. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking about the other day that is easy to forget and sometimes is hard to believe, but the universe wants you to succeed. The universe wants the best for you. The world isn't out to ruin your life, to make it worse, to uh, 
beat you down to whatever. And if you can just trust in the process and be persistent and keep going and keep trying and not stopping when you fail, because those are usually those roadblocks where you get hung up and you like end up taking a step back or taking time to pause or whatever. But if you keep going, like the universe wants you to be happy. They want you to live the life that you want to live. And, um, I don't know. I, I forget about that sometimes. Yeah. The thing I forget about is how much control we have over our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, sometimes it feels like you don't have control, but you still have control in those situations. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot more in like actual control that we have that we're not giving ourselves credit for. Mm-hmm. Like if like there's like, if you don't have enough money right now, like have you like, one, number one, like, if you have a job, have you, like, worked overtime? That's, like, the biggest, easiest thing you can do. Yeah. Okay, if that doesn't work, is there a second job you can get? If that doesn't work. And, like, these all have, like, rabbit holes of things. Like, yeah. how many times did you ask someone for a job? How many places did you look for a job? Mm-hmm. All this stuff. Like, can you sell some things around your house? Like, do you have things that you don't need? Yeah. Uh, can Sneakers you, like, start a side hustle? Whatever, like. Uh, and that's just like with finances, with health, it's like if you're out of shape, look at what you're actually eating day to day, not mm-hmm. what you think you're eating, not what you like want to be eating. Yeah. Like it's what are you actually like consuming every day? Yeah. And then like energy levels. Are you like people complain about their energy levels? Are you sleeping enough? You know, mm-hmm. like and are you it, sleeping too much? Are you sleeping too much? Yeah. I've done that before in my yeah. past. Like I've gone through like spurts where I'm like in college where I'm like, Oh, I'm so tired. Like all the time. Mm-hmm. But now I look at my schedule and I like go to bed at like, um, uh, let's say 11 and like wake up at 11. Yeah. It's like my, 12 hours. My guy, that's 12 hours. That's like some, like most people can get by on like six, you know, uh-huh. six to eight is like the, the sweet spot. You don't yeah. really need any, like any, any more, more than, than that. that. Uh-huh. And like, when you actually look at that on the clock, it's like, you could go to bed at midnight and wake up at eight and that's eight hours. And that's, that's yeah. pretty, like, that's a pretty big, like staying up till midnight and, and waking up, up at 8 a.m. That's good, you that's know? Solid. And then if you bump that back, going to bed at 10, getting up at six, that's still eight hours, yeah. you know? And, but anyway, it's just like actual control. We have a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And then it comes down to like, let's say you're in a really bad position where you feel like you don't have any actual control Mm -hmm. there's the perception control yeah of like i'm like are you actually in a shitty situation or are you looking at it from a perspective of yep like you know because like it and obviously caveat here there's shitty situations that everyone goes through that are just like non like you can't even you can't get around can't get around it and like who am i to say who has a bad situation. Totally. So that being said, there's just a lot of things that like, uh, you can get yourself out of by just changing your mindset. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just, I have to remind myself of that. Yeah. I feel like some like simpleton over here talking to Aristotle (laughs) and what's lit is like being your homie for like so long, we have these conversations all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. But now it's able to get ca- captured and yeah. recorded yeah. so we can like listen to it later I or know. like someone else. But 
like these are some straight bombs you're dropping back like back to the diet stuff too what helped me a lot was and this is something that you brought to the table is that your diet starts in the grocery store it sounds pretty basic but you're not going to eat oreos if you don't buy oreos yeah yeah <laughs> and so like if you come up with a shopping list like a grocery list and you break down okay my dinners i'm doing rice chicken and broccoli and uh rice tilapia and broccoli and i'm gonna rotate between those two for lunch i'm gonna do some uh sandwich that i want to make and mm-hmm. then for breakfast i'm gonna do avocado toast or a smooth a smoothie or a protein shake yeah 100%. and then you break down each of those things what are the ingredients in it then you make your shopping list off of it and don't get anything that's not on your list yeah. when you go in the grocery store it's it shouldn't be like window shopping like oh let's go walk down this aisle and yeah see what cereal no I want. way it's like you're a navy seal mm-hmm. you're going in you're there going in, you know, this, you're executing and you're getting out of there asap mm-hmm. because yeah. Grocery stores are trying to sell you left and right. Yeah. They're putting the things that they want you to buy at your eye level. They're setting up the store in a way where you can't get out of there without looking at the candy bars by the cash yep. register, without doing whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to tell yourself, like, I'm getting what I need to get. And there's so many more benefits that come from doing that because it's like now you have, like, a consistent list. You start to know how much your groceries cost, your expenses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You become more aware of your finances and that's more control over your life. Like, I feel like the more aware I am of my surroundings or of what I'm doing or of myself, the things that I'm doing, the more control I have because you can't change something until you find that awareness of it. Yeah. Like, I was watching mm-hmm. um, this movie called Drunk Parents on Netflix. And, I don't know, three out of ten maybe. <laughs> but there was this line in it where there's this kid that was being a douchebag. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, ten or eleven. And at the end, he's like you know what, I'm a douche. Because he like said something mean, no one laughed. He's like, you know what, I'm a douche. And then Alec Baldwin is like, and that's the first step towards recovery. Yeah. It's like admitting that you're mm-hmm. a douche because if you don't realize that you're being a douche, how are you supposed to change those douchey things about yourself? Yeah, dude. That's, and that's, that like, that's the thing that's like so difficult about like our culture sometimes right now. Um, is, and like I've talked about this concept on our uh, Colorado trip. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was on the podcast or not, but like there, there's kind of this like underlying like notion or idea going around that like you you shouldn't be hard on yourself. Uh-huh. And I am just like kind of sw- flipping that on his head from in my personal life. Yeah. Because like if like and it's again it's with a grain of salt. If like like I just went through a death in the family, yeah. I'm gonna be. Like, that day, it, like, that was, like, a terrible day. I didn't get anything done, whatever. But you got to be the one – you got to be – have a greater perspective to be, like, okay, like, that's 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 fine, you know? Yeah. But if if I, like, wake up and I'm just, like, oh, I don't want to do anything today, like, I shouldn't have to do anything if I don't want to do anything. Yeah. And then you don't get anything done. And then, like, you're upset about it in the future that you didn't get anything done. It's, like – then that's a weird cycle that you need to break where yeah. you need to be the one that's like, yo, like you said that you were going to do this, do it. Like, and I know that this is going to be great for you. Like get getting up and like running a few miles. That's your, it's going to suck, but afterwards you're going to feel great. Mm-hmm. And so just like suck it up and do it. Like yeah. being tough on yourself like that. Tough love. Yeah. Tough love is like so underrated right now. Yeah. Like, Cause people are like afraid to offend, offend. And I, 
take the standpoint that it's coming from a lack of self-esteem yeah which comes from a whole host of things like just blaming other people for your problems yeah but you got to take extreme ownership Mm -hmm. because that's the only way you're going to be able to change yeah and again that works for me not saying that everyone should be doing that but bro it works for me it just sometimes it takes me get into a bad place where i gotta smack myself into gear and be like dog yeah you can't get taco bell every day yeah you feel like garbage. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. Because you had Taco Bell. Yeah. And I, I feel like a benefit of like, um, the longer you live, the more cycles you can kind of, like patterns, going back to patterns, mm-hmm. like uh, being like being almost 27, there's more like patterns that I'm aware of myself than I was when I was 18. Yeah. Like I know that like, when I'm tired, I re like I tend to want to go get fast food. Uh-huh. And so you don't want to cook. Yeah. Like there's there's things that I understand about myself mm-hmm. that I've seen that story play out enough that yeah. I'm like, oh, I know the ending of that. And so that's like one of the benefits of one being self aware, like always paying attention to uh-huh. like your actions in your feelings about your actions and just like that self awareness. Yeah. And time like because through self-awareness and time time passing you're able to learn pretty much any lesson about yourself you know and that's like exponential because you think about that stuff when you're younger but that those lessons are gonna stay with you when you're older and so hopefully the thing is that the more self-awareness you have about yourself and the mistakes and things like that the the hope is that you'll make less of them in the future. Yeah. And so you'll go up this curve mm-hmm. of positivity and growth and success yeah. and all this stuff. Because once you, once you get one, then the second one, then the third one, you get momentum. Yeah. Cause you're like, you're getting wins. Yeah. And so it's just like, kind of like, uh, for the character Truman Milan, there's like 50 areas. Let's just, they're arbitrary 50 areas that uh-huh. you got to watch out for. Yeah. And so like, the the longer that I live, the more I'm able to catch what those like 50 are and mm-hmm. kind of stay away from those things, you know? Yeah. And then you're kind of, once you are able to tackle those things, you, things just like flow smoother. Yeah. This also like reminds me of Joe Rogan's perspective on like fat shaming, mm-hmm. how he's, most people are afraid to offend. It's like, love your body, whatever. And it's like, yeah, you do need to love yourself. However obesity is a problem Mm -hmm. you're you're not healthy and it's hard to be able to communicate that to someone without them getting offended but it's like usually even though it's hard that's what they need to hear Mm -hmm. because i mean for me i remember like when we were living in jersey and like eating out all the time and um living that city life party life whatever we moved back to utah and we were making videos and I, like, could see how much weight I gained in myself. Yeah. And I was like, dude, Mike, you used to be, like, used to play on the high school soccer team. You did ballroom. You can backflip on your skis. You can do all these things. Skateboard. But if you don't be careful, you're only 19. Yeah. And you're putting on all this weight. Mm-hmm. And it really, like, smacked me into gear to, like, I couldn't do one, one pull-up. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to set a goal for myself and do 10 pull-ups. Went to the DI, 
found a pull-up bar for 50 cents. I kept the tag on the pull-up bar to remind myself that all I need is 50 cents. And it just started with getting that one pull-up. And I'm like, I'm going to try and do five. And I would mm-hmm. get three. I'm going to try and do seven. I'd get five. I'm going to try and do 10. I'm going to get seven. I'm going to try and do 12. And then I got 10. And then I'm like, I want to perfect these 10. I'm going to do 15. I'll do 12. I'm going to try and do 18. I'll get 15. And I got to the point where my whole life, I've never been able to do one pull-up. And now I like have a video of myself doing 20 pull-ups in a row. And I took that video with my shirt off. And I look at it. I'm like... Abs. You crawled out of that that fat body, bro, mm-hmm. yeah. and you wouldn't have been able to do that if you weren't hard on yourself, because yeah. you got to chisel yourself like a statue. And I got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many things. Like, I got to work on my skin. I got to work on all these things that humans always have to deal about. But you just got to keep pushing through it, and see the light on the other side. Recognize your product, your progress. Yeah. And as you monitor your growth, you're like, wow, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. What's and, next? What and, am I gonna try next? Yeah, and you don't have to be like, you you don't have to be hard on yourself in the sense that you got you have to be mean. You know, yeah. like if, like if I'm out of shape, all I have to do is just go to the mirror and just be like, oh, you like you're looking a little chubby, dude. You know, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to be like, you you fat piece of crap, <laughs> fat fuck. <laughs> you know, like you you don't want to be like over like that's not doing anything at that yeah. point. You know, you gotta find what works for you. But for me, I channel it through anger. Yeah, no, anger is a massive like. Whether I mean, I when I was younger, I got teased a lot and I got bullied a lot and told that I like had anger problems, anger issues. I should go see whatever, and I've been able to turn that into a superpower of mine. Mm -hmm. Where a client uh, scams us out of money, I'm gonna take that anger to make sure that we don't need that money anyway. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Or. also going with like just extreme ownership and responsibility but using anger to fuel it and again like you don't want to be mean to yourself but you know get a lit playlist going i think that there's a big difference like the keyword here is like honest and Uh being mean because like if like you walk if like you walk in the room and you're like or they're walking in a bathroom you're like like my skin's looking a little weird yeah you know like that's being honest Uh but like if you're like yo my skin looks freaking whack like uh, gross you know like yeah. then that's being mean yeah you know but like through honesty and seeing like the reality of it i feel like that's the first step of making a change yeah 100%. but yeah check out this uh warren buffett quote okay that it like literally changed my life a few years ago yeah. and re like made me rethink the value and the impact of habits okay um is he said the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken Uh. and so what that means is like if i want to go out and like um eat a whopper right now that's a whop like i've been pretty consistent with my health and routines and diet and everything that that wouldn't really make a difference Uh in fact it probably tastes pretty good yeah and I, and I do that tomorrow, it probably won't affect me that much. Next day, probably won't. But then if I keep later. doing that, it's slowly but surely, like, it's going to creep down. Like, because what gets you is that every time you do it, it doesn't feel bad. You know? It's just a little bit It's time. a little bit whatever. Like, it's chipping the block off a little bit more. Uh-huh. And, then to, and then it's until they're too heavy to be broken. I'm one day going to yeah. become 
like I'm going to ascent like quote unquote wake up and realize that bro, I've been eating Whoppers for three months straight and I don't know if I can stop now. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's how it is with so many things, whether it's like cigarettes, drinking, yeah, whatever. I also think about it though, on the contrary, yeah, the positive. if you're writing in your journal mm-hmm. every single day, maybe after you've done it for one day, three days, it's still like you're getting used to it. Yeah. But if you've been doing it every day for two months, you're like, I'm not going to stop now. Mm-hmm. Three months, six months, a year, those chains are getting heavier and heavier yeah. and harder to break. But on the positive side mm-hmm. of, yo, I've been soda free for a yeah. year. Yo, yeah. I've been caffeine free for a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't been those things, yeah, yeah. but those are just examples <laughs> that you can look at as ways to look at it positively. Yeah. It's literally like, uh, you're like, you're going over a, another like analogy for it is like, you're going through a tough, uh, woods, like you're going into the woods and you're with a new habit you're clearing the path with a machete Mm -hmm. all this stuff and you're going slow you're barely getting whatever but then like you keep doing that for a few weeks now you got it down to where like the the earth is like padded down and there's a path there yeah and it's a it's easier to go through there now you can start running through there you can start sprinting you can ride a bike through there you know Uh but if you you just try and sprint through without hacking it down and making a trail you're gonna Mm-hmm. begin hitting the face left and right and you're gonna get lost and yeah and like so that's like another thing that i'm experiencing with a uh, 75 hard yeah is like these things that i'm doing don't really like at the start of it it doesn't feel like uh it's doing anything you know mm-hmm. like drinking a gallon of water a day yeah uh doing two workouts or whatever uh-huh. like it when you're doing them it's like more of an inconvenience in the moment but then like after a few weeks you start to like see the difference you know like Michaela's like uh like you you're looking better like you're like you're looking like more cut I'm like oh really like I to me I don't know you know you see yourself every day yeah you see every day and that's just like a metaphor for everything like you're reading like Mm -hmm. you keep reading more you're gonna people aren't really able to like notice those things about you yeah but remember that it it is improving, you know, mm-hmm. like your reading comprehension, your speed, yeah. whatever you're lifting more at the gym. Like all these things are improving day after day and to the point where like, you're going to be unstoppable if you just keep it up. Yo, we should bring a book club to the podcast where maybe like the same way that we had like the camping special, mm-hmm. we have like a book special yeah. where it's like after you and I have both already read the book, it'll be oh, like yeah. book special for letting go. Yeah. And then for, throughout that podcast, we're just talking about just the concepts in that book our notes and whatever. And that could be like a reoccurring. Series. Anyone that knows me knows I'm amped right now. Yeah, you're <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking of like, it'd be cool to just have like specials, like for different things. Like yeah. it'd be sick to like, uh, put the zoom, uh, the audio recorder in, um, like a backpack or like, a. um, bro, we can take this whole setup up to the top of tent. Yeah. Or like, um, a fanny, fanny pack, pack and like do a walking special uh, where, walking where, we're, where we're like walking like uh in the canyon and yeah. we're just holding the mics imagine a walking special in nyc yeah we're walking down the street and we just like people come up to this mm-hmm. side and we just ask them like billy on the streets yeah billy on the streets it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a skiing special <laughs> bro we can bring these on a ski lift yeah ski lift chat i mean yeah or we just have to hold the microphones. Yeah, or we can like go off into the, uh, like 
Okay, so here's the thing that I was thinking about, though, is we overthink the quality. That's something that we've been doing the entire time that's been a flaw of ours, overthinking the quality. I'm listening to some of these Russell Brunson podcasts, and it sounds like he just put his phone on the dash mm-hmm. of his car. Mm-hmm. I can understand what he's saying, but it doesn't sound that good. Yeah. We can literally just go on the Anchor app on our phone, pull it out, put it in between us, and just talk. Yeah. We don't have to have all of this. Mm-hmm. Even though it's nice, and we're going to do it as much as we can. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's still a way lighter setup than before, but oh, yeah. it can get lighter if we have to. I like to. that we don't need a laptop. Yeah. At all. I like that it, there's no vi- video to it. Yeah. 100%. Way more casual and way easier because if we were to try try and do a walking special, but we wanted to film it also, that's a whole nother yep, element. Yep. It's just whatever. And maybe in the future we'll have some video podcasts when we can get it to that point. But I'm I'm digging this wave right now where if it takes three to five hundred without video until we eventually start doing video doesn't matter then just the people who've been listening just know that much more mm-hmm. well, well this was a lit conversation yeah. i think we should probably wrap this up but um for everybody listening you can uh check us out on the gram i've actually been thinking of changing my instagram handle so i'm not even going to plug mine you'll yeah. if you list, look at this podcast you'll be able to find us somehow <laughs> yeah All right, right. catch Catch you on the flip. flip. Peace.